0: tech podcast. podcast. Voice of the Asian tech ecosystem. Hey,
1: Ashley, welcome to the show. Hi, Graham. Wonderful to be here. Hey, wonderful to have you. How's the uh, book going? Any signings this week? What have you been doing with the book? Out promoting, doing the beating the street, doing the hustle as any sort of good author should be out there. Doing yes, the yes.
0: Yeah. Uh, so we sold out last week. We didn't have any physical copies, and we're now waiting for a delivery from uh, Amazon. So it's basically yeah. a lot of, you know, uh, firefighting and telling people, hold on, hold on, the books, the physical books are arriving. Somehow you in Hong ph- Kong thi- and
1: Asia. Right. They're still buying yeah. physical books, the old paper books.
0: Yes, and that's surprising. I really thought that everybody would be just getting their Amazon, you know, kindled versions, but now people want their physical books. Yeah. And a couple of uh, a couple of uh, people are buying for their offices, so they basically distribute, you know, among their colleagues, and you know, jokingly saying that they're gonna ask. Uh, their marketing department to memorize that book. Yeah. So everybody wants to print a uh, print copy. Yeah. And you cannot print from Kindle. I guess that's what's stopping people from, you know, buying from Kindle and then just printing it out. Exactly. Uh, the, there's something out. of yeah. having
1: a book on your desk, isn't there? It's quite a nice thing having that book there, the physical book. I mean, I'm a of Kindle course. person myself, but I like picking up, you know, old paperbacks and reading them because sometimes there's no distractions, are there, you know? Sometimes when you're on a, an iPad and you're reading a book, it's like, you know, messages and email and you're just going to check the weather But well, the book. It's a book. You're in that yeah. world.
0: And besides that, you can highlight so well and you probably have that visual memory as well. Yeah. So with that visual memory, you know, which, how does the page look that you want to refer to? And if it's your, you know, if it's something, it's a book where you want to go back again and again to check some stuff, if it's a guide to doing something, then it's, uh, I think, really better to have a physical copy.
1: So we're going to talk about your book, obviously unlocking the world's biggest e market, and a big part of that is obviously e commerce and retail, as you describe new retail. I want to start by asking you this, these figures blow me away. Actually, help me out here when I see the Al- <laughs> Alibaba figures, eleven eleven, the Singles' Day. So I mean, I use AliExpress because a lot of people outside of China may be familiar with Aliexpress or Alibaba through that, that that's a good way to order this, this, you know, Ali, Alibaba platform products to different countries. And I think it's becoming more and more popular outside of China. And, you know, the 1111 promotions are really, you know, it's a big thing. Everybody's in it and everybody's pushing it. Every single merchant on there, but just let's look at the numbers, $25 billion and, I think I in saw. In one day, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I saw the numbers, and I can't believe this. I can't believe this. And you, you've got to correct me if I've got this wrong, Ashley, because you, you're the authority on this. No, no,
0: no. These uh, are the numbers. Yeah. But I
1: saw. I think Jack Ma or one. I think it was Jack Ma stood up on stage and announced, announced the numbers. And he said they did three hundred and twenty-five thousand transactions in one second at the peak of that eleven eleven. What yep. is? going on what's Eleven Eleven about anyway i mean maybe we can start there
0: they are very prepared so 11 is a basically it started uh, a couple of years ago and uh, it was a small holiday i would say a local holiday in china for a single uh you know for single people so contrary to valentine's day single people would just celebrate being single and they would go and buy themselves presents So that's how it started. And then Alibaba uh, and back in the day, Taobao was very smart to actually launch a a singles day campaign. So it wasn't supposed to be a, you know, shopping festival. It was a campaign saying, guys, you are single, so get yourself a present and this time don't go to a physical store or treat yourself for dinner, but treat yourself for a discounted item on this e-commerce channel, uh, you know, Taobao.
1: Hmm. And a lot
0: of people did. So that's how it started. And then Alibaba was like, oh my goodness, that's fantastic. Let's turn it into a, let's turn it into a, a you know, a festival. I don't think at the very beginning they actually um, realized that 11.11 is going to turn into such a huge, uh, you know, such a huge thing. I'm sure they planned for it. They, they, they they you know, they were hoping something would happen with tons of the campaigns that they're launching. Mm. But I don't think they really anticipated that this will be the day. Um, And yeah, and ever since the launch of 11.11, it grew uh, from 50 to 30, sometimes 200 something percent every year. So for example, the transaction volume, uh, as you mentioned, yeah, 25, 26 billion US dollars per day in 24 hours. It was, I think, 30 or 38 percent increase compared to last year. Mm. So it's basically growing and growing and growing right now. It's not just a shopping festival. I mean, if you think it is like Black Friday or Cyber Monday, you're right, wrong. Right, right. right now, it is a national like it, it's a national holiday. People <laughs>
1: actually wait for it. Are you serious? People
0: plan. I, I'm I'm telling you. People are waiting for it. People are planning for it in are they the morning. People after
1: people talk about it in the office. Like, oh, it's eleven eleven's coming. A, I'm going to do this. Did yeah,
0: really- a week before that, they start uh, uh, compiling, you know, lists of like wish lists, <laughs> and they're congratulating themselves with well, you know eleven eleven. And right now, it's not only about single people, obviously. Right. So everybody is basically shopping on that day, and not only once. I mean, they, they they shop in the morning, they shop during lunch, they shop in the evening. They constantly try to catch the let's say good. Deal and um, and uh, it's very personalized page that they are landing on and it's I mean fantastic what Alibaba is doing with their data. Yeah. Um, yeah. Besides that, it turned into one of the biggest um, TV events uh, and gala events in China. It's very similar to you know the CCTV gala during Chinese New Year. Mm. It's that scale. Well, what do um, they I do. Think... What do they? I mean,
1: what yeah. they, they? televise this shopping experience. What goes uh, I mean, on?
0: It's I a mean, yeah, so um, this last year uh, there were, um, I think, four or five national channels broadcasting the gala. They actually brought uh, Pharrell Williams. They brought Nicole Kidman. Well, I mean, if they're they making
1: twenty-five billion dollars in a day, they can bring whoever they like, right? You know, they can fly <laughs> them in, all the expenses paid.
0: In two thousand sixteen, they had Victoria and uh, uh, you know Victoria Beckham and her husband there, <laughs> at uh, all all the crazy people um the, pharrell williams actually wrote a song you will be laughing but he wrote a song specifically for oh, 11 really? 11 and he was performing it together with a chinese superstar
1: wow that's insane he
0: wrote the song yeah so it's insane and what do people do like what is this gala all about so basically um, um it starts in the midnight right so gala uh, starts a bit earlier and then it uh, goes into midnight and then it announces the, you know, the beginning of eleven eleven. So basically people are waiting for it just like they're waiting for New Year, you know, for the clock to strike 12. Yeah. <laughs> And then um, they, it's its not just a show, it's not just a concert, but they basically incorporate a lot of messages. Um, they incorporate a lot of technology into it. So it's all about shop, shopping, entertainment, gamification. So for example, you're watching that uh, TV show and you can scan a QR code and you can uh, literally uh, get this uh, David Beckham uh, and right, place right. him in your living room. So he will be performing something in your living room just as he is doing it let's say on stage uh in shanghai wherever he is yeah it's unbelievable so it's really really fun and yeah it's uh, it's not just a shopping festival it's now the way of life Mm. on that specific day
1: we've got to to remind the listeners if they haven't sort of picked up already this is one company right this is not a national (laughs) festival (laughs) uh, national level it it's one company it's not like thanksgiving or black friday it it would be the equivalent of like amazon invented black friday right And they owned that festival. So it's one company driving this, which is really quite, I mean, you know, consider what they've achieved. I mean, 25 billion in sales and they've managed to get, what, four or five national TV networks covering this thing. It's phenomenal, yeah, really, what they've yeah. achieved. I mean, and in uh, one day. tons
0: and tons of online platforms are also obviously broad- broadcasting and live streaming the event. It's uh, it- it's absolutely magnificent. And of course, um, I mean, Jack Ma is such a charismatic leader. Right, right, right. Um, for I don't know, the four or five years, every year on 11.11, 11, he puts up a fantastic show. Like this year, for example, he was he literally shot a movie about Kung Fu and about all sorts of different martial arts, Chinese martial arts martial arts and he, uh, launched this movie, um, on 11, 11 and he, you know, appeared there. I mean, it's, it, it's, um, it's a show, it's entertaining, mm. it's fun, it's gamified and it is retail. So mm. you can also see people, for example, um, doing catwalk and you can long press on your screen. Like you can, you can scan with your app, what's happening on TV screen. You can long press and you can see now by now. Right. So it's the future of retail is literally incorporated into what's happening on 11.11 before before the day. You could also participate in some campaigns like you could catch cats. So the uh, logo of uh, Tmall is a cat. So you can catch those cats uh, very similar to Pokemon Go. And uh, the more cats you catch, the more promotion, uh, promotional uh, items you can get or the bigger discount you get. I mean, it's uh, it's a whole huge thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it makes me feel old, actually, because I, I don't get it. I mean, I, I love the festival and the show and that, but that whole spectacle, what did you do on 11.11? Were you, were you watching the TV? Did you, I mean, were you in Hong Kong at the time? What sort of happens there? Did people in right. Hong Kong sort of get involved in it as well?
0: Well, in general, people in Hong Kong do get involved in it, uh, but not as much as obviously China. So in Hong Kong, uh, the only involvement that we have here, people have the list of things that they want to buy cheaply. For example, my whole office was ordering GoPro cameras at 12 o'clock at night on 11-11. And it actually came with like 50% discount. Wow! Don't underestimate the discounts that they give. And this is like, official proper GoPro, uh, latest hero that you get with 50% discount. So it's crazy. Everybody is waiting for it, right? Um, But uh, that's where it ends for Hong Kong pretty much uh, just as uh, it ends for the rest of the world. But uh, last year I was in Shanghai. I was participating in 11.11, so Alibaba has this, um, I would say, program or it's called Global Influencer Entourage mm. Team. Yeah, so they invite um, uh, 10 or 15 uh, global influencers in China, in um, marketing, in retail uh, to participate in 11.11 uh, festival. So they brought us into Shanghai two days before 1111. And we met all of their top executives, uh, you know, Jack Ma, uh, Joe Tsai, who is the second man in uh, Alibaba. We met their Chris Tung, who is the head of marketing. We met Michael Evans, who is the head of USA. So we actually could have intel- intelligent conversations with them to understand where Alibaba as this giant is taking new retail, is taking e-commerce. Uh, and is taking China ultimately, and at the end of it, we also participated, obviously, in the gala, and we uh, we were in the media center to see, you know, how this, uh, yeah, how this whole ma- mm. how this machine just works.
1: Yeah, I mean, let's sort of go a bit deeper into that Alibaba. I think because obviously they're one of the key names in the whole new retail push and what's coming out of China at the moment, and Jack Ma as well. I mean, I love Jack Ma. I think as well he's he's a very sort of you know he's a very positive face of what's happening in China at the moment because I think people need a face to humanize this change don't they to understand and Jack Ma I mean he was an English teacher he speaks English he's got a very he's a bit of an odd looking guy but you know as a personality he's fantastic he's up there (laughs) doing his thing right so I think, you know,
0: and he absolutely enjoys it. You know, this person is, I mean, when you see him on videos, as you said, odd looking guy and, and he speaks English and he's a bit quirky. He's such a lovely person. He's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. you know, running his thing. And,
1: you, you don't know, feel threatened uh, by him. You don't feel like he's like the evil empire. At all. Right? Exactly. No. no he's, like, he's a good no. guy. I mean, that's the impression that he gives. He's a good guy. I think we, we sort of give him that. So, okay. Um, and what about those? I mean, we talked about this last time on, on the last Ashley talks is uh, what about those, uh, all those girls eating noodles on live stream? What do they do? Are they part of like these, <laughs> these 11, 11 promotions? Do they, I mean, cause I know you talked about influencers and that, I mean, people outside of China won't sort of appreciate to what extent brands, you know, have these relationships with, people on the equivalents of the YouTubes in, in China, right? These platforms, these YouTube channels and so on. Um, what do they do? Yeah. Are, they, are they sort of active in, in promoting this stuff? Or so so there are
0: two ways they get involved. Basically two ways they get involved. The, the first way bloggers and, uh, you know, live streamers are involved in uh, promoting new retail is they, they're using this uh, platforms um, to you know to promote their personal brand and to promote the message that they uh, that they are spreading out. For example, Alibaba is an investor uh, in uh, Weibo, right? So they own more than thirty percent of Weibo, which is China's uh, largest um, microblogging platform. Hmm. Um, Weibo, in return, owns iQiyi uh, and MiaoPai. These are the two platforms that that control uh, short videos and live streaming in China. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, basically all the data, yeah, uh, goes somehow to the, I I don't know whether it's all data, but a lot of data about what's happening definitely goes to, um, you know, Alibaba and, uh, you know, their affiliate partners. So they are definitely participating in it through using that technology. Uh, And also um, new retail itself means that shops, offline shops. And online shops are running on big data technology. So, for example, if it is a hair salon, um, it will look like a coffee shop where people sit. And there will also be a couple of chairs, hot chair, where you sit down and there is a live streaming uh, equipment. Uh, You log in and you start live streaming how your hair is being done or how your nails are being done. So you become micro-influencer. And this shop itself is running.
1: Anybody? Anybody can can do that. Right.
0: You can go there and you can do that. And the fun thing is, if you have a lot of followers, then obviously the, um, the hair salon will gain followers. If you don't have followers, then hair That's salon will cool. sort of, you know, open up their network. And, you know, if people like what you're talking about, you will also gain some followers. Mm. So um, it's, it's entertaining. Besides that, when this person sits in that chair, um, he his, uh, his live stream will also be broadcasted on the wall uh next to the door so basically at the door instead of the uh you know mirrors and uh, you know all the all the marketing materials and promotions there will be this huge screen where the lady is sitting and talks about you know her her hair being done right um and this technology, this whole shop is running on uh, currently basically uh, Alibaba technology or it's running on Tencent technology. So this is the first way they participate. And the second way they participate in it, the whole China and a lot of Western brands are um, preparing for 11.11 for many, many months. So, of course... Their goal is to communicate their discount, their promotion, their products, uh, and reach audience. Bloggers are a very effective channel to do that. So while it's not directly related to Alibaba using those bloggers or recruiting Mm. them, but brands are doing that. So um, in the week before and a couple of days after 11.11, all bloggers talk about uh, 11.11, Tmall. Um, uh, shopping festival uh, discounts brands in China outside of China traveling etc etc so of course it's a huge chamber effect when everybody's talking about it and besides that uh, Alibaba is investing so much money in um, you know uh, branding so they also put these beautiful billboards uh, all around. Uh, first-tier and second-tier cities, yeah, encouraging people to join this 1111 movement so that I don't think that there is anyone in China who's not been touched mm. by uh, by the way it's been done.
1: I like this story of the, the, the hair salon. That, that's really eye-opening. And, you know, I, I think, Ashley, when I go back, I mean, I'm sort of on the wrong <laughs> side. I'm, I'm on the wrong side of 40 years old. And I can remember, like, retail when I grew up, <laughs> You know, when you talk about retail, for me, like my generation growing up in retail was like it was like a museum. You like look, don't touch. There was always right. signs saying don't do this, don't do that, you'll pay right. pay for breakages. And like you would walk around yeah. retail like scared you're gonna touch something or knock something over. And then you know, when mobile phones came in. Every retailer would have signs saying no photographs, no mobile phones. And if you, if you took your mobile phone out in the store, they would look at you like you were stealing something. You know, (laughs) maybe I was checking the prices on Amazon, right? But you know, what you're talking about now is fascinating. It's like that, you know, this is a new generation which don't have that legacy and they totally get what needs to be done. I mean, you talked about hair salons. Where else is this? I mean, Alibaba have this platform technology, right? Which obviously enables people to do this. Where else does it happen in in sort of day-to-day life in China?
0: Well, it's a great question. It happens in a lot of places. Um, It happens in mom and pop stores Hmm. um, where Alibaba is able, basically they provide technology that allows the small uh, shop owners to track who are the people purchasing from them. Who are those people living in the neighborhood? What are they buying? What are their purchasing preferences? What shall they order and how often, you know, to satisfy their demand? What other things in the categories that they are not offering yet do these people, you know, um, want? Uh, mm. What are these people, their audience, what are they checking on, let's say, online platforms like Taobao or Tmall? Uh, what are they buying in other stores? So uh, small shop owners are also using that technology and they are able to grow um, – you know, grow uh, business. Secondly, um, um, uh, Alibaba also has a chain of supermarkets. They are called Huma. and right now they've got um, several, maybe a dozen uh, supermarkets in Shanghai and I think three or five in Beijing. So Huma supermarkets are, um, I mean, it's fascinating. They do delivery. They can even deliver you one can of Coke mm. within 30 minutes. Wow. wherever you are they will deliver you your uh, groceries uh, and uh, how do they it means it's fascinating it's difficult to explain uh, without seeing it uh, but it's beautiful what, how they do it so basically every uh, section of supermarket is equipped with their own packers so for example i buy one coke and i buy one uh, beijing duck right so somebody from the uh, beverages division, and then somebody from uh, Cooked Food division will pick up my stuff, put it in this in the bag with my order number, mm. and this bag is traveling on the little rail throughout the store so on the ceiling there is this rail and it 's traveling and people are putting it there so basically from the time they receive your order to the time when the um, your bag and your purchasing uh, order is complete and assembled um, is on average seven minutes. And then the rest of, let's say, 20 minutes is for this delivery guy to actually bring it to your apartment and, you know, ring the bell and ding dong, you're there in less than half an
1: hour. Is that so Um, that you're not walking around with a shopping cart? You're just sort of picking up stuff and it's just kind
0: of like an airport. It's just being,
1: you're checking it in and it's being delivered.
0: Right. So this is if you order online, right? But at the same time, if you come to a supermarket, you basically walk in with a cart. And right now you don't, uh, I mean, I'll explain you a bit more how... department stores work where you need to first scan your Alipay. So first scan your digital wallet to enter the store. Right now in Hema supermarkets, there's um, there's still cash accepted. So basically you just walk in, you get a cart, you buy your stuff, you just put it in and you can check out uh, online. You can pick a portion of it with you. You can ask the rest to be delivered within 30 minutes. Uh, also every product, for example, I'm buying, I don't know, mm-hmm. fresh Graupa or buying, I do not know, something uh, like a a pack of chips. Every product is uh, equipped with a QR code. And this QR code, you can save and say, you know what, I like this product. So it will be in your cart. When you want to reorder, you can just Mm -hmm. do it uh, very fast, and it also has the product card with explanation how to cook that grouper how to cook, uh, you know, something, something. Um, what other products that does it go well with? And also, for many products, you can track exactly where does it come from. You know that in China, that's a very big concern, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. The quality. Yeah. Where like is dairy it coming products. from? Yeah, yeah.
0: Right, right. Dairy products, seafood, fresh fruits, uh, anything for babies, etc. So it's really, really cool. Um, and the third way, uh, this technology has been utilized and probably the coolest way that I've experienced so far is the actual, uh, department stores or branded stores. Um, so I will, uh, tell you of what I've experienced in a, de- uh, in a department store mm-hmm. in Shanghai. And there are over a thousand, uh, shops already operating in China. Um, exactly this technology. So you walk in, you scan a cure, uh, you scan, uh, your Alipay. So basically you allow, um, Alipay uh, to uh, withdraw money from your wallet, right? When you won't enter the store. Um, as you come in, facial recognition technology captures your presence, and whatever you do in store from that point onwards is controlled by that facial recognition technology. So you come to the shelf and you see a product. You see this um, price tag, and it is digital. Mm-hmm. So price changes in real time. If I am a VIP, I will have a cheaper price than you. Wow. So if, uh, yeah, if Graham comes to that shop and you are not a VIP, uh, you will see $10 and it will say, uh, Ashley, $8 because you're a VIP. The next cool thing is, uh, some of the products will be equipped with facial recognition technology, which now means that you can run some gimmicky campaigns. For example, smile for a discount. Yeah, you look at the product and you smile and then they give you discount based on how much, you know, how cute you looked. And this is an element of gamification. Everything <laughs> right, right, in right. retail in China now is gamification, is fun. Um they have this slogan retail as entertainment.
1: Right. Um, yeah. but at
0: the same time. What a lot of people don't understand is that this technology can actually will be perfected and they will be able to track your micro emotions. Mm. So, for example, you come uh, and you look at this uh, pack of uh, chips and you look confused or you look concerned or you look excited. They are able to grasp it and Try to basically push you more products or, uh, you know, um, expedite your decision making. For example, Ashley looks confused. Uh, they will tell, oh, Ashley, uh, if you buy it now, that's going to be an additional discount. Or Ashley, what is your concern? Um, let us send the shop assistant to speak with you right now. Right?
1: Mm, that would be fascinating if they could get that right. I can imagine and, that, you know, there's lots of instances where that could go wrong. But that, I mean, you know... there's.
0: L- like you say with
1: the discounts and so on hey just just before we sort of go into that technology just go back a bit i mean i'm you you mentioned about the mom and pop stores and how they could identify who their customers were and you know identify patterns and so on the the kind of the data that they typically don't have and this is really important i mean retailers have always struggled with this fact that they don't know who the hell walks through the door and who walks out again even mcdonald's right, right? you know these huge <laughs> multinational retailers but you know is that then all linked back to alipay is that sort of like the the identifier and all of this like if i walk into a mom and pop store and use alipay then alibaba can then yeah. sort of link me up with all my previous history is that how it works
0: yeah, so it works on several levels. Um, they have technology um, which allows you to track um, uh, people walking through your doors. So you, you, you put those little pins and uh, if the person has Alipay installed on his um, you know, phone, then uh, you, you will know who this person is if they allow you this access. Um, or when the person is paying for the product, Yeah, Uh, okay, opening up their Alipay account. Also, you will get this data, you will understand who the person is, and you will know his patterns. So, they will allow you to understand, like, not in detail, you know, what this person is buying, but they will give you basically a bulk of information at the end of the month about all of your customers. So, you will not know that, okay, Graham, you know, yesterday bought a uh, pack of Pringles, but mm. you will know that okay, your guys are generally interested in this, 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 these things, and you've got so many return buyers, and that's what they're most interested in, and that's where you probably need to be, you know, going, and uh, that's what you need to be doing.
1: Mm. So, uh, what, what do you think that Alibaba Jack Ma has done right? In the sense that, I mean, when you look at those stores, and I can't pronounce it, you're going to have to help me out. The the Alibaba stores you just mentioned, where. You, you know
0: yeah uh, mm, yeah yeah, yeah, one, right? yeah
1: i'm not even gonna try and pronounce it but that like that what are they doing right what, what is it i mean obviously they've got scale and they've got resources yeah. but that doesn't necessarily always mean you're going to be successful i mean amazon yeah. by yeah. comparison is is a fantastic company as well they've done very well and they they have a very good head you know jeff bezos is a fantastic ceo but you know they haven't right. pushed into retail They've only just, you know, obviously they bought Whole Foods Market, which I suppose is a similar kind of move, isn't it? Why do you think Alibaba is sort of ahead in that sense? What are they doing right that the others aren't doing?
0: Yeah, very good question. Um, The first thing is probably that Chinese companies and generally Chinese government as well and Chinese people play a long game. So they never, they are never trying to gain something. Uh, right now, um, if that's coming at expense of something long term. So Chinese government is playing a long game. Mm -hmm. Uh, Alibaba is playing a long game. They know where they shall be going and they know what they shall do. How do they know it? They tried and they failed and they tried again and they failed again. Uh, They have succeeded in uh, taking great technology from overseas and enhancing it making it better, Mm. and making it their own, making it native. A lot of people think that they are copycats, uh, not just, I mean, not, not Alibaba or Tencent, no, but generally Chinese are copycats. I mean, this is so outdated. I mean, people thought that first they are, you know, irrelevant in terms of technology. Secondly, uh, they became uh, copycats. Thirdly, China is a technological Galapagos where Mm. some unique species, uh, you know, living uh, that will never make it outside of China. But right now, people are actually understanding that China made that technology their own. They have fantastic programs. They have fantastic big data. They have fantastic ways to enhance it. So uh, they've done that well. Um, they understand their consumers extremely, extremely well, and they're not afraid to launch a lot of products, fail 80% of the times, but succeed 20% of the times mm. and take it to the next level. Another thing that the, the rest of the world, in my opinion, doesn't have is the scale, the money and the share of the market. So when I talk about the scale, so it means this this amount of big data, uh, Chinese e-commerce exploded. And it just went, I mean, everybody is doing e-commerce in China Uh, from, I mean, no matter whether you're 15 or 90, everybody's buying something through e-commerce. So you've got a lot of data. Uh, Secondly, you've got a a huge market share. There are just a few companies, just a few companies that are uh, controlling this huge market. Right. Mm -hmm. And thirdly, they have the money and they pretty much can just, you know, launch it just like uh, this Huma, the supermarkets. Um everybody's asking Alibaba, when will you start making money with this thing? And they say, first, we're going to get it right. And then we're going to roll it out in the rest of China. That's when we're going to make money. Mm. So now for the past year, year and a half, they've been losing it. Right. But they're getting their model right.
1: Exactly. But that's the benefit of having the scale and the cash in the business to be able to absorb all that. They can take a big risk. And the data.
0: Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, And the and understanding of their consumers.
1: Yeah, Exactly. I mean, it's difficult to sort of isolate one part of that business like the retail and say, well, that's unprofitable when you look at the data that they're getting from that, right? And that's so valuable to everything else. So, you know, yeah. they, they can use that data is valuable in itself, right? Your shopping behavior and, you know, what your brand preferences are and so on. You know that could be used yeah. elsewhere. So you talked about like a small group of companies. Alibaba, obviously, one. Who would be their main competitors in that space in China? Especially yes. when you talk about the, you know, the the, the the grocery stores, the supermarkets.
0: Well, in terms of supermarkets, currently, to be honest, they do not have competitors because uh, all other supermarket chains that are currently operating in China um, are not employing any online to offline technology, yeah? Right. Um, Like uh, Carrefour or uh, Walmart or Metro, they they are just like physical supermarkets. Right, these are Um, old school, right?
1: These are old school.
0: These are old school, exactly, exactly. But in terms of um, Alibaba Group, yeah, who are their competitors uh, in terms of online retail, then the biggest competitor is JD. Uh, So in Chinese, it's called Jingdong. Um, it, is, it, it is now in coalition with Tencent. Yeah, so they are working together, um, and they recently invested in VIP.com. VIP is a discount, um, uh, discount and deals website, uh, very much like Groupon, but for China. And um, yeah, so there's also smaller platforms like Xiaohongshu, Little Red Book, for example, etc., that are more social commerce, or some very specialized platforms, for example, for baby products or for fashion products, etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera. Right. Uh, But the two biggest ones are Alibaba's uh, Tmall and Taobao and uh, Jingdong, which is JD.
1: Right. And that's a partner of Tencent, which is also WeChat. Yeah. Okay. We talked about the yes. payment system last week. So I imagine, you know, if it comes down to the payment system, there's a huge market split between those two, isn't it? WeChat and Sorry, te- uh, you know WeChat payment system yeah. and Alipay, right? And that is right. where the, they, the, the front line, the battle is happening in the retail space for your wallet. You know, how, how right, does that actually, right. as a consumer, how does that actually work? I mean, they sort of competing, or they sort of work right. you know, peacefully next to each other. How, how they sort of compete <laughs> with each other?
0: You've been to China, right? There's no such thing as peacefully right. work together. <laughs> I've been
1: diplomatic, so. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So it's a fantastic, fantastic uh, development, you know, where our conversation is going. Um, China is a battlefield in 2018. And in 2019, it is a battlefield for um, two companies. It's Tencent and Alibaba. And they are not acting alone. Um, They are they have their own coalitions. So as I mentioned, Tencent has J.D., they have um you know vip uh and then alibaba is working with weibo etc 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 both of these companies so traditionally these two companies had very different focus so alibaba was focusing on obviously online commerce and um wechat or tencent was focusing on uh, social media and gaming mm. but slowly and gradually they started uh, started tapping into each others um Areas of expertise and one of the one the one that you mentioned is very interesting is of course the payment So which pay and Alipay are huge competitors for years Alipay was dominating uh, You know uh, mobile payments in China like nobody could come close to it mm. But this year uh, last year. I mean uh, in 2017 uh, for the first time Alipay lost its, uh, you know, majority in the market. Uh, So right now it's around 48 or something percent Alipay. It's around 40 percent WeChat pay and the rest, uh, you know, five to eight percent is uh, somebody else. Um, So this is one space where they are competing payments. Mm. The second space the two companies are competing at is e-commerce. So as we mentioned, JD, VIP shop, these are Tencent and Taobao, Tmall are for Alibaba. The next space they're competing at is social, social media. So Tencent has WeChat, it has QQ, which is a copy of ICQ. Yeah, Uh, actually, QQ is the largest social media platform in China. And Alibaba uh, is uh, running Weibo uh, plus uh, several live streaming platforms. Then they also have their own browsers. They have their own video platforms. They have their own cloud. They have, you know, their own travel and bike sharing. Even you know, bike sharing mm. in China that's a hot mm. topic, right? Mm. So there are two companies in China that do bike sharing. One is Mobike, and that one is Ofo. So Mobike belongs, I would say, or is in the Tencent camp, while Ofo is in Alibaba.
1: There you go. Right,
0: and then. And then it's everything. It's everything. And cloud is an important component. Payments is an important component. E-commerce and social are extremely important components. Plus, of course, retail.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's the front line. That's where it's happening. I'm curious how those guys get on. So you've got Jack Ma and uh-huh. Tencent. Po- what's his name? Pony something? I can't remember. Pony Ma or something? Pony
0: Ma. Pony, Pony Ma. Yeah. Got, yeah. Like Jack Ma. Uh, Most of them are Ma's. You know, right, Mr. right. Mars.
1: They're not related. But, they're, you know, it's a strange no. – it's like obviously Jack Ma, you know, he was at Davos. He's well known outside of China. People will probably recognise his face, especially if they're in the tech scene. They would have seen this guy. Pony Ma is a bit sort of yeah. less known, isn't he? Obviously, you know, he's not yeah. an English teacher like Jack Ma. How, yeah. Just out of you know, you're you're in that scene. I'm I'm outside it. I don't know. How, do these guys get on? Do they speak about each other? Do they, you know, is there sort of not. a rivalry on the sense that you know you would go back <laughs> to like Steve Jobs and Bill Gates or those kind of setups what's it like well
0: well uh, they are very open about their rivalry i mean uh, there's nothing there's nothing nice going on between the two companies they they know they need each other because they are pushing all of those industries forward Mm. so it's great to have strong competition so they admit it at the same time they are very competitive both of them have a lot of data both of them have a lot of market share in respective um, respective um, segments. Or both of them have money. Um, so of course they are, you know, pushing elbows. And that is why right now, for the battle is actually for um, brands and retailers. Mm. Consumers are benefiting either way, but retailers must pick a camp. Are you joining the 10 cent camp or right. are you joining Alibaba yeah. camp? Yeah. So who is going to be powering your payments, your e-commerce, your, you know, data and your cloud? Who is going to be your uh, operating system for, let's say, business? Yeah. You cannot sit, uh, you know, with one bottom uh, on two chairs. You cannot yeah, do exactly. that.
1: You got to so you got to commit, haven't you? But you're going to
0: pick your chair. What
1: about the consumers? Do they, I mean, you know, if you put it into context of things may people, people may know from other industries like, you know, Oh, I I'm I'm on an iPhone or an Android and you know, iPhone, I'd never go onto an Android. What are consumers like? Are they are they like that? You know, I'm I shop at the Alibaba store and I'd never go to the Ten Cent store. Yeah. Is or the, the no. bike service or are people just sort of just getting both, best of both worlds? How does it work on real day-to-day consumer yeah. lives?
0: Yeah. So, actually, in my opinion, <laughs> consumers in China are the ones that benefit. Right. First of all, because things are becoming faster, better, cheaper, and in abundance. So basically, as a consumer, you are winning either way, right? And you have a choice. So you're not, you know, they are not monopolists in any industry. So it's great. Um, and as a consumer, you can, you you definitely will have both WeChat and AliPay. Let's say WeChat Pay and AliPay. You will have both. You know both platforms. You know what JD is good for. You know what Timo is good for. Um, they definitely have their preferences, but generally, they're getting best of both worlds. Right, right. So I wouldn't be worried about consumers. They they are the ones that get get stuff done uh, in China. Whenever there is war. Um, Companies tend to throw cash. So, for example, when WeChat Pay was rolling out and, you know, they wanted to get some market share from Alipay, they were saying for every 100 B transaction, we're going to give you 10 dollars, uh, 10 uh, yeah. B back. And Alipay next day comes back and says, and we are going to give you 12. <laughs> I mean, so so they don't mind being such huge right, companies right. they don't mind throwing cash into it so basically consumers are benefiting they just are. on all
1: we all, all win sides. but they get it back yeah. at the end of the day i mean come, they know 11 yeah. 11 comes around and it all comes back to them right all that cash that they gave you is just going to go straight back into um,
0: exactly uh, but,
1: and, uh, they're, they're not, and actually not locked, funny- locked in though right i mean that's the sort of what i was curious like i'm not locked in for example if i had alipay it makes it difficult for me to have you know the 10 cent WeChat payment system and so on, you know, that's what I'm kind of
0: asking. No, 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 that's not happening. However, uh, for social media, for instance, there is no integration between, uh, you know, between competitors. So, for example, if you try to include, uh, you know, WeChat QR code on Weibo, your post will be banned. You cannot do that. And then you cannot, you know, like basically you cannot uh, link, uh, for example, Tmall to your WeChat account. You cannot, as a brand, you cannot do that. You can link it with uh, JD, but you cannot link it with Tmall or Taobao. So they are making it difficult, again, for brand owners and retailers. Uh, they are pushing you to pick a side, yeah? Mm. But um, but for consumers, of course, uh, that's, uh, that's not happening.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. And I think, you know, as an outsider to China, and while well, I live in Asia, I can sort of say, you know, we just sort of see these superlatives. So these numbers being thrown around about China and like 11-11 and just, wow, you know, it's happening at such a pace. And like 38%, 39% growth in a year as well that you mentioned. And I think as well, I mean, the, the really interesting part of this, Ashley, is I think, you know, when you come from outside of Asia and you think about what's happening in China, it's so not China in terms of people's (laughs) historical... Perception. Like you're talking about essentially a capitalist market where consumers win. It's like very competitive. It's consumer driven. It's all about retail. And unless you've really experienced that, maybe you're sort of coming into Asia and China in particular with this view that, you know, people are sort of in long queues. They're waiting for their stamps to pick up their <laughs> government. You know what I mean? That's a sort of, <laughs> we still have a little bit of that mindset in the West. I mean, I don't live in the West, but I come from right. that, right? So, you know, I grew up with that. Right. So people are surprised when you talk about these two very, very powerful organizations. I mean, they are, effect- it's like duopoly, but they're acting in the interest of the consumer, whereas usually in those situations, they just suck all the money out of the market and just screw the consumer, right? But it sounds like, you know, the consumer's doing really well out of this. So it's a really, you know, it's a fascinating wake up for people outside of China to see, you know, maybe what the future of retail is. And I I wonder how much of that will go outside of China, you know, what the possibility is for retail outside.
0: Right. Right it's definitely going outside of China for several reasons. Number one, um, there is huge population of, uh, uh, let's say native Chinese living, uh, you know, from New Zealand to Canada to uh, South Africa. So there's a lot of um, Chinese living abroad Uh, and they experience that technology and they're bringing it, uh, you know, with them. Secondly, uh, there are tons of Chinese tourists. Actually, we were speaking about it just earlier, right? There are uh, many uh, let 62 me see how million many, was your
1: right? start in the book I picked up. Right, million right, right, Q1, right. Six,
0: 62 million Chinese uh, citizens, oh. yeah, that traveled wow. overseas in the first quarter of last year. Um, they are bringing demands. They are demanding consumers. They are very spoiled in China with all this technology, with all this pace, with all this convenience. So when they come and stay, let's say, at your hotel, or they are purchasing souvenirs from your store, uh, or when they are buying something, you know, in the uh, first-class launch in the airport, uh, they come with demands. They want their payments. They want their convenience. They want to be able to review stuff, etc., etc., etc. So they are pushing those global providers and brands and even local brands and hotels and uh, universities to change and to adopt technology and to go beyond their comfort zone mm. and in the coming years it's only going to you know increase the number of chinese are going to travel a lot more the third thing why it would go beyond china this technology Um, Is definitely uh, the fact that China is now, uh, for example, uh, Alibaba in particular, but Tencent as well, are exporting some of their technology to Southeast Asia, to selected countries in Southeast Asia and in Africa, right? Mm -hmm. So they're actually investing money in building uh, online marketplaces and building uh, this kind of logistics and online payments and, you know, everything they build in China. Um, they they are trying to rebuild with local specifications for some unique uh, Asian and African markets. Mm. And the last uh, reason why it will definitely uh, arrive at a place where the whole world is doing what China is doing right now is that China is in retail, in online retail, in O2O integration, which is online to offline integration is ahead of the whole world right now. Mm. And It will only, this spread, this gap between where the world is and where China is, is only going going to broaden. So one way or another, the world will have to catch up. Maybe five years later, maybe three, maybe one, but they, uh, there's just no escape. You cannot stay where you are. Mm -hmm. You will have to arrive at a place when retail is unified. It is integrated. It's not about online and offline anymore. It's not about just entertainment. It's not just about buying jeans because you need a new pair of jeans. It's all these things coming together. These are trends that we cannot, um, you know, we cannot stop. And they are happening. There's a fantastic book about it, which is called Homo Deus by uh, Yuval Hariri, um, which is, uh, I think, international bestseller. And he talks about the future of sapiens, our species, yeah, and where we're going with the help of technology. And, you know, consumerism is a religion right now. And uh, whether we like it or not, uh, you know, social uh, media, uh, digital, consumerism, robotics, AI, virtual reality, all these things are happening. In China, they just plugged it in in the existing let's say retail ecosystem much before anybody else uh, and much more smooth uh, than anybody else so far
1: yeah they certainly got the advantage and this is fascinating because one of the the themes i've spoken about on previous podcasts in the Asia matters podcast is about the movement of capital and i think you know until now you could pretty much get away with not having to worry about China if you lived in your corner of the world. Because China <laughs> was just over there in China, just getting on with its thing, right? And okay, everything came from China. That you know, everything was manufactured in China, but you know, it wasn't really but an then issue. It was it. Exactly, yeah. that was it. It was all just the cheap stuff that came out of China, right? But then you know, what's happening now is that China is becoming increasingly crowded as a market. So you talk about you know, like Tencent and Alibaba fighting each other, and these guys have got a lot of cash. And, you know, they have to keep going back to their investors and saying, okay, what's the story? What's the story? Where are we going to find the next big growth story from? And for them, you know, they're looking around and saying, okay, well, you know, I can get a 7% return in China, but, you know, here in Vietnam or Indonesia, I can get a 20% return and I'm going to put some of my cash here. So what's happening now is this risk capital is now coming out of China, you know, in the hands of these unicorns and they're buying up you know, all kinds of e-commerce yeah. players across Southeast Asia. And that's now where it shifted from being, okay, this was all about China until recently, but now it's like, okay, well China's sort of happy doing China, but it's also now curious to know what else it can do. And it's coming for Southeast Asia. And that's starting now. I think the next sort of two to five years, we're going to see a lot of acquisitions in Southeast Asia and you talk to Africa as well, and then you know who knows, maybe even the U.S. God forbid, you know, if China goes back <laughs> into the U.S. and starts buying up American companies, that would be but very that interesting. Already,
0: that already started. I mean, Chinese uh, Chinese companies started buying, you know, European firms with uh, hundreds of years yeah. of history. Right? They started buying technology. They, uh, you know, they moved into Silicon, Silicon Valley and. You know they are active. They they are actively participating in a lot a lot of um, areas. And Chinese slogan of going global. You know how everybody was laughing about that, and um, China went global. And at first they went global by uh, again just big acquisitions. They acquired uh, Western firms. Uh, then they went global pushing them mid sized companies. But right now the last stage of going global, in my opinion, for them would be. Introduce technology in, you know, certain spaces, which is so much more advanced that the rest of the world will want to adapt it. And through technology, just like Silicon Valley is controlling the world because they control us technologically, because they export their, uh, you know, their basically software that is used in most of the, uh, you know, daily uh, operations and engaged in in some way. So the same is happening for China and with Mm. China. That's where they are aiming. And they have capabilities to do that. Mm. They I mean, are very active in cryptocurrency. They're very active in AI, in VR. They're very active in, um, I mean, yeah, retail, as we spoke.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I think that one, one of the the stories that people, especially the media latch onto when they talk about China and technologies, they tend to think of the, the scary stuff. I mean, you mentioned like AI and cryptocurrency. And, you know, if you're on one side of the media, that, sort of means like people losing their jobs and terrorists and all kinds of things. Right. I mean, it's all the sort of the negative part of technology, but you know, what we talked about with retail today, is just like very simple application really of technology, like the big data stuff, right. We're not talking necessarily robots. I mean, maybe there are robots as a part of the experience and the logistics side of things, but you know, what makes that happen is just somebody is able to take the technology and, you know, join all the pipes together so you've got this information right. from the, the payment system. And, and it's not really Star Trek. This is not really, you know, like Star Wars type technology. This is just simple focus on, okay, how can we make consumers' lives better? I know you've mentioned this in your book as well. And you talked about right. it last week is that, you know, it, there's a real focus on, you know, how do we actually add some kind of value to these customers how flows, do we add so?
0: value exactly yeah. exactly just as i i think i mentioned it last week as well i mean you you get to shanghai and there's a hologram greeting you right and this is Star Trek. Why Why are there no holograms yeah. anywhere else in the world that's greeting me in the airport and looks at me and knows that I'm a foreigner and shows me to the left. And if I'm Chinese, shows me to the right. I mean, why not? Right. And in China, they do that. They're not afraid. And of course, we also spoke about it in China. The uh, attitude towards the, you know, the usage of personal data is very different. They allow mm. that stuff to go out there. And that, of course, helps a lot. So yeah. that is why China is progressing so so fast uh, in, uh, you know, in this space. It will not be possible in the U.S. because of all those limitations. Uh, Besides that, China is progressing very fast with, you mentioned robotics. Um, One of the, um, I think, most um, successful robotics companies is uh, Hanson Robotics here from Hong Kong. They created this uh, famous robot, Sophia, right, Mm. Uh, which is now the citizen of um, Saudi Arabia, uh, running on artificial intelligence software and stuff so china right now in shenzhen they are manufacturing an army of sofias yeah, yeah. well i'm not talking about Sophia herself but you know uh, similar
1: all uh, kinds of applications well, I mean, rob- look at the, the, the patent applications i think that you know the numbers of patents filed like something like three uh, yeah. three to one versus silicon Valley you know it's happening maybe yeah. it's not not yeah. as well known but it's it's happening there right i just you mentioned a point, which I can't let go, is that about that data side of thing. You know, that's a very important part of this story, isn't it, with retailers, that China's consumers are much more open about giving up their data to the retail. Much more open. Why yeah. is that? Because is that...
0: they have the trust.
1: Right. It's a trust they thing. Trust I just wondered that why that this was. Data. Right. right.
0: Maybe I mean in the West, what happens is if I give my data, I'm just going to be pushed more crap and more advertising, right. and and yeah, basically I'm going to be I'm going to be spammed. Right. In China, if you give uh, that data, you know that they're going to use it to make your experience uh, much more um, interesting, uh, much more personalized, and much more you. Hmm. Um, another thing is that for some. Um, For some operations, for example, when you register certain social accounts, etc., you must enter your real identity. So the entry barrier is already so high, yeah, right now, so that you need to give that data. It's not that you have a choice for some options, right? So people feel okay doing that because everybody else is doing that. Mm. And then they know that, okay, this is not going to be abused, yeah, and everybody's afraid in the market. All the companies are afraid in the market to abuse their consumers because once things go real in China, they go very fast right, and they exactly. go very real very quickly. We talked about it that hits last the time. Fence yeah. So far. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so I think it creates, you know, this okay, first of all, everybody's doing that. Second of all, they are um, actually doing something good with my data, they're helping me. And if something goes wrong, we as consumers have huge power, we can just bring any company down. If something goes really wrong, so
1: amazing. This is so interesting, and I, I'm just fascinated. I mean, the, your <laughs> your knowledge of the market is really in depth, and y- you know you're in a really good position to help us unpack it. If I, if I was to go, or any of the listeners was to go to China. And, you know, not talking about Hong Kong because it's a, it's a different scene there. In China, right. No, no, go- no. It's
0: not China. It's like 40 years
1: behind. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I know you said that already. I didn't want to say that because, you know, okay, but you say it with authority. If I was to go to <laughs> mainland China, if I was, if I had just one store I could visit to really experience this, where would you send me? Where should I go?
0: Yeah. I would send you to Shanghai Central Supermarket, uh, Central Department Store. Mm-hmm. Just go to Shanghai Central Department Store and walk through their four or five floors of shops. Uh, you will see the hair salons with live streaming. You yeah. will see, uh, yeah, you you will see the the um, shops. With uh, uh, you know digital mirrors where you can see yourself in the mirror and change clothes right there. So basically your avatar will appear right on the screen. You will see uh, magical um, magical mirrors and uh, gamification. You will see people catching cats and pokemons and discounts. Wow. Um, and of course, on the top floor you will see uh, a lot of handmade stuff. That's another, um, that's another trend in China right now. Everybody is is uh, everybody's into hand making things and mm. you know making their own cakes or making their own purses and stuff, which is live streamed, which is recorded, which is shared on social. So you walk in and you feel like like you know you live in Japan, right? Mm. And when I walk into one of those game centers in Japan where yeah. everybody's is uh, playing with those machines, and yeah. I feel. Like something is just wrong yeah, in here. Yeah, you don't belong this there, right? This is weird. You don't belong there. So you will feel exactly like that because it's like the future has arrived and the future is here and the future is now. You've been listening to
1: Asia Tech Podcast. Find out more at ATP.show.